Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Purple Nights Podcast with your host, Mr. Chris Johnson. And your panelists, Mr. Dickie Tudio and Mr. Vince Masfernardi. Did I say that right, Vince? Yes, absolutely. Great to be here. All right. Nice. All right. Very cool. So this time we're going to talk about the 1981 classic album, Controversy. And I'm in a very small minority in the in the Prince fan base, as far as I know, that prefers controversy to Dirty Mind. And I don't know, it's strange because I did a comparison of the songs, you know. They have the same number of songs, so I lined the tracks up and did a track-by-track comparison. And I ended up with the with the 4-4 tie, four tracks from Dirty Mind and four tracks from Controversy. So by that standard, you would think that I would love both albums equally. But to me, Controversy has a slight edge over Dirty Mind, and I think it might be because Controversy has got my favorite ballad of all time on the album, which is Doobie Baby, and we'll get to that review get into the track-by-track reviews, but Nikki, what do you want to say about this album? It fits one of the classic punk albums in some degree, even though it's a punk record on many, many levels. Um, You have tracks like Annie Christian and Jack You Off, and it, it, it has a punk rock edge to it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a lot of funk in there. Um, you know, it, it, it's got some of that pop vibe on some of the tracks and, you know, from the like 1980, 81 era. Um, you know, Iggy Pop and Joan Jett, you know, it's not exactly rock. It's not exactly funk. It's, it's, it's the mix of all the things that music and, and uh, it's it's got little hints of it in and out in between the funk and in between the ballads and uh, the sex and, and the lyrics and et cetera, et cetera, and then the different sounds and the way Bobby plays the drums on the record and the way the bass is played and et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of punkiness to it. Yep, um, yep. And you clearly in tracks like Jackie Wolf and Annie and, and you know you you can feel it you know Prince has got that raw guitar sound uh, it's it, you know even in songs like Five of Joy as as poppy and funky as it is you know towards the ending of the song it turns into that you know that punk vibe which going leading into Ronnie Talks to Russia and really, when you listen to it, you know, I can actually hear Iggy Pop jumping in and singing along, you know, at that part, you know, of the album, you know, leading into the ending of Jackie Wolf or even in, in Annie Christian, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of, it kind of fits that era of punk in a way, but yet, again, it's it's got that funk vibe, it's got ballad with Doomy Baby. It's got that spirit with sexuality. It's a fantastic album. In fact, 
um, when I had discovered the album, it was after I discovered Purple Rain leading into 1999 and discovered it on accident, not realizing that Prince had another four albums. And when we went home and bought it, it, it at the time, in about 84, 85, around, around the world they had just come out, I think controversy with us was a was a personal favorite because it, it was revolutionary, it was raw, it was funk, it was rock, it was pop, it was everything that you'd want in a record. And, you know, you have the funkness of controversy, you have the the, the hot-edge pop of sexuality, you have the, the ballad end of Do Me Baby, you know, and, and then when, too, it's, you know, any Christian is like nothing else you've heard before. Um, it, it, the record really is a, is a classic, and even today, uh, it's really one of my favorite albums that he's done. Uh, it, yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a milestone, and it's real edgy, and it's uh, it's everything you'd want. You know, people say the fine print. I go go listen to Controversy because everything that Prince is on that record. Yeah, I agree. Prince, what are your thoughts on the album as a whole before we get into the track-by-track discussion? Well, yeah, I mean, I um, knowing this topic was coming up, I put it in my car, rediscovered it, listened to it, you know, forward and backward. And, uh, you know, it's amazing. I think punk rock is definitely one of the things I would agree with. It's, it's, I would say it's in the middle of his New Wave trilogy, starting with yep. Mind. Uh, smack dab in the middle's controversy, and then 1999's still it's kind of that new wave thing. It's yes, it's funk, yes, it's rock, yes, it's even trying to, at moments, be like kind of cl- not classical rock, but more traditional rock. He was t- leaning me more toward that with uh, a 1999 Little Red Corvette, but yeah, so experimental. It was wildly experimental, yet. It was still trying to be a pop album in many ways, with Private Joy, with uh, to a lesser yeah. extent, let's work. Uh, you have an R&B ballad just sort of in there with Doomy Baby. Uh, he was still very much interested in selling, yet that was a very artistic album. After a, another very artistic album, Dirty Mind. And I might also be a majority or a minority that, that thinks Dirty Mind, great songs, excellent songs, especially the title track, especially Head, especially Uptown, especially Party Up. I don't want to make this about Dirty Mind, but I might prefer Controversy more. I think once in a while it sneaks into my top five. Yep. Uh, it's just really strong, really strong songs. Um, and listening to it again... I really got what he was trying to do with more so working religion into that album than any time before, in my opinion. I never heard it so much on For You or Prince or even Dirty Mind, but in there it's it's heavy. It's yeah, it's also a very dark album. There wasn't that, you know, I don't think he was thinking about the dawn. It was very dark. I, uh, I did a little research, but not a lot. I saw the print ad for it, and um, it's a weird thing. It's like this girl in in a 
in the classroom and her face is sort of covered and I believe she's white and she's calling the album and they're advertising like as a punk album. Like like you know, like Nikki was saying it has that punk album element to it. Yeah, if I I know I know the ad you're talking about, Vince, and, and whenever I see it I think of a you know, a weird heavy metal or goth band like Marilyn Manson. You know, those are the type of ads that those type of bands would have had, you know, with the, with the controversy ads. So, yeah, it's a very strange ad. And, yeah, it is a very eclectic album. And, and like you said, Vince, it's, it's the first album in Prince's catalog where spirituality takes, you know, really takes a major role as far as, you know, being introduced thematically in the songs and um it's a it's a shorter album like most of his early albums or all of his early albums really were it's uh 37 minutes and 18 seconds long and nowadays prince fans would you know moan and and cry about about how short an album it was you know and they did that with 2010, because 2010 was a very short album, and when it came out, a lot of people, including me, were somewhat upset by the the length of it, you know, and the fact that, that the songs weren't as long as some of us, you know, would have preferred they be, but that said, even on such a short album, Prince has several songs on this album, too in particular, that are really, he really lets breathe and, and really uh, work out, but it's still a very short album overall, but it's a very different album and very eclectic album, and yeah, I would have to agree, it's definitely in my top ten and sometimes even sneaks into my top five, so it's a very, very good album, and with that, we'll... Uh, Launch into the track by track review. We start with the title track, one of the best and funkiest songs that Prince has ever written, in my opinion. It's called Controversy, and Vince will turn it over to you first. What are your comments on the title track? Well, sort of from a historical standpoint, I think it was a really interesting song. It's one of those songs that I always thought was a bigger hit than it was. I don't quite remember where it charted, maybe the 50s, 60s on the pop. But I always thought it was a much bigger hit, because it just seems like the accessible, in its single length, a really accessible song. Uh, the actual album track is much longer, and it's. I think it really sets the tone for the entire album. This is what the album's going to be about. There's a lot going on here. It's funky. Yep. It's somewhat accessible. It showcases talent. Yet, the production of the album overall and on that song, it's, it's very different from what he would do, especially the very early albums, the very early albums, well, the first two, uh, For You and Prince, where he's, um, it's very melodic, it's very much R&B, disco, somewhat bass, uh, very minimalist, yet, you know, just gets the point across with, guitars and uh, drums, and it, it just works. Uh, very, probably very controversial. Uh, you know, controversy, that's the name of the song. 
um, putting, you know, Damage Religion in the song as well. And yeah. thoughts into it. I think another interesting thing I want to point out, on the album cover, and I don't know if we're going to get into that, the other newspaper articles are talking about different controversies, real imagined, you know, fashion new, or lingerie new fashion trend. Obviously, these are sort of Prince World things, but uh, one of the headlines was Joni. And you could imagine, I'm not the biggest Joni Mitchell fan, but you could imagine a lot of what controversy was was trying to prove that he was sort of from that era of singer-songwriters, even though his Obviously, his technique and his music was very different, even though it was sort of maybe more toward the new wave. He had a lot to say, and he said a lot on controversy. Right, right. But, and, but, um, well, well, my my thoughts on it, and I kind of already touched on this, but it's, yeah, it's one of those, the, the album track is is much longer than the, the single version, and, and for most of Prince's songs, that are that are like that, you know, the longer songs, I just love because, like you said, Vince, there's so much, there's so much there and so many, so many textures, you know, with the drums and the bass line. That bass line is killer, and you know the the synth stabs and all that stuff. It's it's musically, it's a very, it's a very, um, I don't want to say complex, but it's a very it's a very full song, and yet it it has this this quality about it where it it, it really breathes and you know uh, takes its time and really sinks into the groove and and kind of takes you on a journey. And yeah, with your point about you know religion being incorporated into there, I think including the Lord's Prayer in a song like Controversy is a master stroke. I mean, it's one of the most, to me, it's one of the most obvious examples of Prince's genius, where he can he can insert the Lord's Prayer smack dab in the middle of a, a funk tune, and it totally works. You know, it doesn't seem out of place at all. You know, it fits the, the overall theme of the song, you know, controversy, and I just think it, that move, you know, putting it in the middle of the song showed a lot of audacity and a lot of courage and a lot of uh, creativity and genius as well. So I love that about the song. And uh, it's one of the songs that, um, that of course, he plays in concerts a lot now, and he plays it live a lot now as he does a lot of the hits, but... It's one of the songs that I never get tired of hearing live these days. And I can't really say that for many of the hits that are played live these days. Some of them, you know, I think he maybe tends to overplay a little bit live. But this is a track that in a live setting, you know, I never tire of hearing controversy. So it's a very... It's a it's an excellent track, one of the strongest album openers he's ever done in my opinion, and I love it. It's a definite, awesome, awesome song. Nikki, what are your thoughts? Oh yeah, 
that, uh, first of all, the guitar that Prince plays, you know, it's, it's so simple, but yet it's so signature to when you hear that, you automatically know it's controversy. Controversy, yeah. Um, that and I first heard the song, and, you know, at that time, I was an altar boy in which, uh, every Saturday and during the week, one or two nights of the week, I was serving the mess, and, you know, when I had heard the track, you know, I'm hearing, can, you know, you know, am I gay, am I straight, you know, and then I hear the Our Father. It was like, whoa, you know. I was a little taken back um, at the time because you, you've never heard uh, a, a prayer in the middle of a, a funk tune talking about am I gay or straight and white and you know all these different things that the prince was talking about. You know, controversy. It was edgy and you know, and it was different. And it's one of the Prince songs that, like a lot of Prince songs. It's something that you've never heard before. And I think it was revolutionary at the time. And the video, you know, with the church background and the whole uh, whole edginess to it and, you know, the, the rebellious edge really was, like I said, it, it, it had a lot of Iggy Pop and the Stooges. Even the album cup controversy when you see the band lined up, you know, with the spray paint canes in the background, you know, it's it's a lot of icky stooges, and it, it's so over that. And, and the, the tune controversy is, you know, it's the classic tune, Prince, but um, he has fun with it. It's a great tune to play live. It's a great song. It's going to be one of the best songs that Prince has ever made when you finally sit down and he's the 65, 70, and you say, okay, let's really sit down and talk about some of Prince's controversy. The title track is one of Prince's best work. And uh, pretty much that's where I'll leave off with it. It's got a, a, a great row. You know, the tune just comes in and goes, bam! You know, it's it's got that, that vibe to it. You know, you groove to it. It's, it's a great track. I mean, I'm kind of happy that when he released the album that the legend of it is featured on the record because it's just a great song and it's spacey, kind of like what Chris was saying. It's You know, you guys are both saying how it's not a crack. There's not 100,000 instruments made up top of each other. It's a funk groove right in your heart with some bass a little keyboard in the background, a little melody hook, a little bit of a prayer in there, and right to the point. And, uh, and I'll leave that track like that. And I think it's a classic. People who do not know the song, you should know. And it's one of Prince's best. There we go. So moving on to track two, Sexuality. I'll start out myself with this one. When I first heard this, I'll be honest, I really didn't know what to think. You know, it's really right and really bouncy and and it was it was it was a shock to the system when I first heard this song. I kinda got the same vibe that I got when I heard the song Sister on Dirty Mind. You know, it's one of those songs that 
you know, grabs you right away, hits you right away, and just just pulls you along for the ride. And it almost feels like, to me, it almost feels like a a tornado, if that makes sense. A tornado is a song that you kind of get swept up in and and groove with, but it's one of the very first examples, along with Sister from Dirty Mind, where where Prince really gets into talking about sexuality, obviously given the title of the song. But um, it's a it's a really good song, and oddly enough, years later he would actually um, lift lyrics from sexuality and put them in the title track of Rainbow Children, uh, and that to me was a, a very bold move. I remember hearing Rainbow Children for the first time uh, in 2001, and uh, hearing those lines and recognizing them in the back of my mind, but not exactly pinpointing where exactly they were from, but I knew I had heard them before in another song by Prince. And uh, when it finally clicked for me, I was like, holy crap, those lyrics are from Sexuality. Reproduction of a new breed, leaders stand up, organize. And uh, I just thought that it was it was strange, but yet it was genius to me that he would, he would take a lyric from, you know, an overtly sexual song like sexuality and put it in uh put it in Rainbow Children which is which is of course steeped in Jehovah's Witness beliefs and which is a very different kind of spirituality to the kind that the Prince explores on the the controversy album. So it was a very it was a very bold choice but I, I applauded him for the ingenious move of, of reusing that lyric, but this song, of course, is one of the songs that Prince changed the lyrics to live and now performs it as spirituality, which, to me, I can understand why Prince changed the lyric in light of his beliefs, but to me, it really doesn't fit with the context of the rest of the lyrics, which which I think the, the title lyric is it's the only lyric that he really changes in the song, which kind of creates an odd disconnect when you hear it live these days. But, um, yeah, as a second song on the album, I think it's a, a really great song. It kind of it kind of takes the energy from the title track and amps it up just a bit, just a little bit faster and a little brighter and a little bit more in your face, whereas controversy is... Um, I don't want to say laid back, but it's a it's a smoother it's a smoother groove where sexuality is more hard hitting and punctuated. But as as the second track on the album, I think it works really well. It's one of those tracks that I wouldn't say that I would I would skip it listening to the album, but it's not one of those tracks that to me is a real stand up track on the album, but. But I I like the track, and uh, I'll leave it at that. What do you What do you think of sexuality? Yeah, then? yeah, sexuality. It's it's a good follow up track uh, to controversy, sort of a companion piece. Yet 
different sound, a little more bouncy. I think here, even more than sort of most controversy, he's really pushing the envelope lyrically, putting a lot of his Prince world ideas, if you will, out there about um, what the world should be like. And yet yeah. they're somewhat vague, but they're also... You, you can you can figure out what they are about what he what he feel, thinks of people as tourists and uh, but it's it's kind of hard to decipher and uh, but it's good it's good in that way that you have to think about it yeah uh, yeah it's not necessarily one of the best tracks on the album it's not necessarily one of his strongest tracks overall it's not a controversy in you know where it just has that thing where you have to hear it. It's not a defining Prince track, but in many ways, it's kind of what he's about. It's a somewhat accessible tune, yet has lyrics that will have you thinking. Um, I could even hear some of those lyrics, not repeated, but some of those same ideals repeated in the 1999 album. So you're sort of getting into Prince's worldview, more so than you did even with Dirty Mind, which had, you know, was a big departure from the first two albums, but um, you can really get into his world there. My take on the song, okay, first of all, it's the first print to start off with the signature yell that Prince is so well known for. Oh, I should have mentioned that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's the first thing. The drum beats, it's fantastic. It's superb. It's it's everything you want from the funkiness to to the soul of Prince. Yeah. The lyrics, edgy. It's raw. It's raunchy. It's you know, it's it's pure Prince. You know, and and again, it's another song that you really compare it to anything. That you know, like again. Controversy is one of those albums that when you put it on and you sit down and you listen to it, there's nothing out there in music compared to it. It's its own entity. And sexuality is one of those tracks that when you hear it, not only does it have the signature Prince call, you know, the drums are superb. The drums are fantastic, okay? The melody, the hook, the lyrics... It's all edgy. It's all, it's all that goodness of the punk era. It's all you now, and uh, there's nothing more to say. It's it's just a fantastic piece. Prince's history. Again, we're talking about one of his finest albums of all time. It's a it's a classic. I mean, it's a, it's a superb album. He's got a lot of great stuff, but the controversy album features sound, textures, and tones that. You didn't hear prior to, to that, you know, and yeah. it's controversial, and it's, and it's, you know, it's not for your, you know, when I was a kid, you know, it's not for your parents to listen to, it's grandma and grandpa, you know, it's something that you listen to with your friends, and you snuck it, you know, and you said, wow, man, this is slick, you know, and the good thing my mom is, forget it, with the our father, oh, man, you know. It, it's uh, uh. everything that Prince is made up of. 
and Sexuality is one of those great Prince tracks. And again, when you go through the list of, you know, when Prince is old, 77, he gets up there, and you're going to look back and say, yeah, that was one of Prince's finest songs. Wow. Nikki, you certainly appreciate it more than Vince and I do, I think. We were both stressing it, and we said it was a, a solid song and a good song. And like you said, it's got a lot of those those princely touches both, you know, musically and thematically with the, you know, with the discussion of his ideal world, you know, you don't need no money, don't need no clothes, uh, <laughs> all that, which which Vince, you know, commented would be revisited on 1999 and on subsequent albums and songs, but Vince and I really didn't feel that it was one of the standout tracks on on the album, but but that's what you gotta love about my Prince fans is everybody has different opinion and different take on things, and and yeah, this is a great album, and you know people are gonna have wildly different opinions on all all the tracks on here, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to to get further into the album and discuss some of these tracks. So we're on to Do Me Baby, which is my favorite Prince ballad of all time. To me, this is total Prince ballad perfection. I can see nothing wrong with it. I even I even love the awkward orgasm on the end of the album version, which, which probably mercifully was cut from the single version for obvious reasons. I actually love this song so much, I recorded my own cover of it years ago. I hooked up with a local musician through Craigslist, and he played all the instruments, and I did the vocals. And uh, Nikki's heard my version. On my version, there's a spoken part on the end, a la Barry White, where I basically speak the refrain to scandalous in a very seductive manner. Baby, baby, it's scandalous. Talk about you and me. It's, it's marvelous. Baby, can't you see? Anything, anything, anything you've ever dreamed of, I'm willing to be. So tonight, it's gonna be scandalous. Cause tonight, tonight, I'm gonna be your fantasy. Yeah. I'm not the best singer, but I had a great time with it. Like I said, it's my favorite ballad of all time. Uh, great, great song. Vince, what do you think of Do Me Baby? Uh, very strong ballad, one of one of his strongest, one of his strongest seduction ballads, even though, I, I don't know, I don't know if it sort of gets lost in the shuffle of insatiable, scandalous, and uh, the beautiful ones, that whole trilogy, but it's really strong, um, one of his strongest soulful songs. And talking about controversy, of course, there is the controversy that it was possibly written by Andre Simone, and I, well, I always wonder about that, and it's sort of like, it's one of those weird names where you sort of get disenchanted with, like, 
the music business, like, oh, there's nothing on this, like, who, who's writing what? But um, that aside, it's, 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 it's still signature print. Nobody could have pulled it off like him, especially when you talk about the end. I listened to it just today, just to get a refresher. It's like, obviously, I'm more familiar with the single edit, and, you know, you still hear that on radio sometimes. His version and the lesser sort of Melissa Morgan version, but hers did get some play and uh, was on compilation, so he probably made a lot of money off that. Uh, who was to say who made money off that? It's, it's We'll never know, but maybe we'll talk about it a little more. But uh, about the actual song itself, yeah, great tune. Um, there is that awkwardness of it at the end, but I think that's maybe sort of. Prince being controversial, letting the whole song play out, letting the whole story play out, if you will, making that one of the longer tracks on the album. And, uh, yeah, I mean, so that is part of the controversy, where he did have ballads similar to to Dirty Mind, to to Do Me Baby, on all three of the fire album, but something about that one just stuck out. It's the only song like it on the Controversy album. Yeah. And uh, it's it's signature prints. It's great song, great lyrics, great, um, you know, sounds beautiful. You know, not a lot to say about it. It's just great. Yeah, and it's it's another one of those examples, I think, where Prince's falsetto is in perfect form. The only other song where his his vocals sound that powerful to me is the beautiful ones. Nikki, we heard your we heard your dog Suki trying to chime in earlier, but what do you think of Do Me Baby? Well, first of all, let's just say it's the longest album at a running time of seven minutes and forty three seconds, and. Yeah. In this track, Prince really takes his time with it, and, you know, it's first of all, it's a favorite. When Prince plays it in concert, he really puts a lot of soul in it. I mean, whether he's doing it on the Purple Rain tour, or doing it on the 1999 tour, or doing it on the Controversy tour, or doing it even now, he, he puts a lot of soul into it when he plays it. It's a song that the fans love. It's, it's a very pretty song. It's got fantastic hooks. It's one of his best ballads of all time. He, he, you know, it's it's the sexual ballady end of Prince. I mean, it's it's a remarkable fact. A lot of people don't know. If you see Rush Hour Three, as soon as the movie Chris Tucker is actually singing "Do Me Baby" while directing traffic from left to classic piece and. You know, if you haven't seen it, you need to rent it. It'd be funny. It's part of the film as soon as it starts, actually. Um, it's a great song. I mean, it's, uh, Prince does it all the time, and the fans love it, and the track is fantastic. I love the musicianship to it. The piano is superb. The quality, the bridge. I mean, it's it's one of those great songs. You know, I had a running time of seven minutes and seconds. You know, again, side one has three songs on it. Controversy with a running time of seven minutes and 15 seconds. Sexuality with a running time of four minutes and 21 seconds. And Do Baby being the longest cut on the whole album, closing out side one, seven minutes and three seconds. And it's a superb, superb song. It's, you know, it's a perfect album. 
it's one of those baby making songs where uh Mr Mr. Day Droppins from the Prince podcast on Michael Dean's Freedom Train Online. His his name is Day Droppins because, you know, there's there's certain songs that Prince does where the ladies' panties, you know, they just, they drop it. But I would say definitely this is a day drop in the song. Zoomy, Definitely. So, yeah. Definitely. The, the girl, you know, when he sings it live, everyone sings it with him. In fact, on the Purple Rain tour, he would sing it being on top of the piano. And then towards the middle, towards the end of the song, when he starts getting into it even more, Prince jumps off the piano and lands on the beat. And, you know, and, and the girls just, like, lose it. I mean, I was there on the purple rainbow and you know, it's so soulful and it's so Prince, it's so really what he's about and it's one of those songs that when you hear it, you know, like I said, it's a perfect album side. Controversy, sexuality, do me baby, I mean great album side. Great 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 stuff. Very, very solid opening trilogy for a, for an album. I mean that's you don't get much better than that. You know, I could think of you know, the first three songs on Purple Rain are, are comparable for, you know, being being that strong of a, you know, of a trilogy to open an album. But other than Purple Rain, I can't think of a stronger three songs to open up a Prince album. And then we get to side two, and the first track on side two is Private Joy. Vince, you want to start us off? What do you think about Private Joy? Uh, yeah, uh, great, great pop song. Just absolutely blissful, um, danceable, accessible. Not, not controversial. Just it could have fit on any album, but it's sort of perfect here. In its way, it has a lot of Prince's great musicianship on it. Uh, signature oh. sound to it. Uh, yet covered. Twice, uh, kind of famously covered. I'm not sure what the name of the singer who covered it for Weird Science, um, what her name was. I think it was like maybe your only single, and she might have covered or done a Madonna demo or something. Cheyenne, something like to that effect. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, that might yeah. Be it. yeah, and um, slightly more famous, even though her version was a single. I don't know if it went anywhere. Uh, covered by Latoya Jackson for a very even more accessibly pop version. Uh, obviously not as good as Prince's. Not doesn't have the signature sound to it. Uh, they tried to do obviously different things with the um, I'll Strangle Valentino, which is just a great lyric. Uh, they obviously had to change that for suited to a female. And in her case, it was kind of cute because they said. She said, I'll strangle Cleopatra. And um, she, I think the lyric is, instead of you belong to Prince, you belong to Toy. But uh, kind of funny how that happened. Obviously, Prince was, well, somebody was, they were trying to sell Prince songs, and she chose that one. Uh, but oh. going back to Prince's version, uh, funky, accessible, cool, could have been a single. Um, unfortunately, one of those great, album tracks not not a really like strong definitive album track but just a fun 
upbeat album track that sort of gets lost in the shuffle. You know, you can talk about hearing Controversy Live because it was a signature tune. It was a single. Sexuality, Change of Spirituality, and Do Me Baby is one of his signature ballads. But when we get into side two, even though there's some great songs there, Private Joy obviously gets totally lost in the shuffle. It was kind of a maybe a uh, pop trifle, but a really good one. I agree. Nikki, what are your thoughts on Private Joy? Okay, Private Joy is a good, fun, private hook joint. It's a it's a great tune, man. You know, it's a, it's a good opening track for Inside, you know, with those really cool drums that starts it off. Um, you know, it's the one track on the album, again, features Prince on vocals, guitar, bass, keyboard, and drums. Um, you know, it's a, it's a great tune. It's a poppy uh you know, again, another one of those songs when you hear it, it doesn't sound like anything else you've heard before. Um, again, revolutionary. You know, again, you're talking about a record at the time, you know, it was the most political album to date that Prince has ever made, which controversy. You know, with the album cover, Love Thy Neighbor, Any Christian Sentence to Die, Do You Believe in God, Trans Gun Control Act. I mean, you're talking about an album that not only had some amazing hook, amazing music written, but you're talking about a deep album, you know, political, you know, a message sent to the fans and non-fans, you know, when you, when you put this whole thing together, again, you're getting all different eras of Prince, you're getting a rock sound of Prince, you're getting a funk sound of Prince, you're getting pop sound, like here, Private Joy, a great pop tune, you know, and it's a, it's a tune you can dance to, it's a tune that has a, a great bridge, you know, it's got the guitar work at the end. As it starts to fade into the next track, and you know, and it's real, real cool. You know, it's 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 edgy. It's you know, it's got a little punk towards the end. You know, and and I and I love the track. It's not that to me, there's not a bit on this whole album, and I love it. And it has a running time of four minutes and twenty nine seconds, and I think it's a pure masterpiece. I love it, and I don't have bad to say about it. And again, this whole album. Let me just note here. Uh, all tracks closed and arranged by Prince. Um, U.S. Billboard Top 200 in 1981. Peak position was number 21. Uh, U.S. Billboard R&B albums. The peak position was number three. Um, featuring this whole album of controversy we're talking about here going track by track. Um, but Prince Joy is a, is a great tune. It's Prince playing everything on it. And it's, uh, you know, it's. I thought it, it would have made a good single, in my opinion. And uh, I would have loved to go for it. I'm sure there's one made somewhere in the vaults, you know. And uh, it's a great, it's a, I mean, it's just a, it's a really great tune. And I'm going to wrap it up with that. Yeah, okay, Private Joy. And next we come to a track that is one of the most universally panned among the fan community, um, many, many people don't like it. I think it's a, nothing more than a novelty track. It really, it rubs them the wrong way. But i got to say, I'm the complete opposite. Uh, to me, Ronnie Talk to Russia is one of the tracks on the album that I, that I absolutely love. And it's, it's short, and it's sweet, and to the point, and it's sort of... Uh, Embraces that punk vibe that, 
that Nikki alluded to earlier with Iggy Pop and the Speedy and all that. And it, it's a very, it's a very fun song, and the, the guitar work on this track, you know, being as short as it is, one minute and 51 seconds, but the guitar work on this track is just unreal. Fantastic guitar work. And I just, I just love the, the vibe of the song and the energy of it. And it's one of Prince's first overtly political uh, tracks, which Nikki just spoke about that, the whole political theme with the album, uh, very deep album. And this is a very political, very electrically charged, sort of in-your-face song. And it's it's short enough to where I'm sure some people would would call it sort of an overblown seg. But I see it I see it as a track on its own, even though it's you know under two minutes. Um, to me, it's just a great. A great, great track, and great energy, and and to me, it's one of the highlights of the album. But I I really, really like it. It sort of taps into that that paranoia that a lot of people had in the '80s about the Cold War and Russia, and you know the threat of nuclear attack and all that. So it, it really speaks to its time and. Uh, I I think it, I just think it's a great track, period. I mean, it's it's awesome. Vince, what do you think of Ronnie Talk to Russia? Yeah, you know, it was one of those songs I didn't know what to think of it the first time. Like, boy, this is kind of silly. But it's it's very much fitting with the album as a 1981 album. It's yeah, obviously this was something that was perfected this idea this Ryan Tom to Russia idea was perfected on the 1999 title track and we, I don't want to get too much into that you know comparing the two albums and you know one after this but it's it's a pretty good kind of punkish new wave song and uh, gets that message across really quickly of you know Ryan talk to Russia do something about the world before it's going to die there's an interesting part, and I don't have the lyrics in front of me, but I should look them up, but it sounds like Prince is going to say, ah, you know what, I'm going to look them up, and I'm just going to sort of riff for a while. Um, it looks like, it's like he's going to say something to Ronald Reagan, like before, oh, shoot, it was such a good lyric. It's like, it's like an unfinished lyric, and the world just blows up. And it, it, oh, it's just like, I wish I could get to it. Um, you know what? Let me try to look at that up really quick. Um, but, yeah, that's a pretty good track um, overall. And, again, I think Prince is saying a lot of stuff that's on his mind. Right, so right. Uh, it's good in that sense. And showing his, his talent as a musician as always. Well, you know, at the um, time when that song came out, you know, United. It was during the Cold War. I mean, you know, United yeah, States and totally Russia. Fair. You know, there was that chin that was constant. You know, and, and there was, you know, who has nuclear warheads, and we're gonna, you know, the ability of them shooting them over to us, or possibility of us shooting them over to them. You no, know, it was, uh, it, you know, and thankfully now, in you know, in 2011, 
you know, we we're very diplomatic together. And, but back then, you know, it's, hey, Ronnie, talk to us, you know, we've got some problems over there, you know, and they were a, a power that could have at that time could have stood up against the United States. And it, it was a pretty rough time, you know. It, you had a lot of, you had the Iranian crisis and, you had the situation with Russia, and you know, and it was like I said, one of this is one of Prince's most political albums, and you know, when you get to this track, you know, I mean, when you hear it, I mean, I think of, I mean, out of everything on this album, you know, Iggy Pop and the Stooges, I can actually hear Iggy Pop really with his own band doing this song, and I have to see if they ever covered this because, you know, to me, it's a great punk tune. I mean, it's fast, it's. It's it's quick. It's you know it's all the thing like the Ramones. You know, the Ramones doing this, you know. It's uh, it, it's at that time that era, you know, and and it, and it, and it kind of really fit because punk was in, you know, at the time, and it, and people really done, you know, this was Prince's ode to punk in a way, and I think it's uh, you know, again, running time a minute and fifty eight seconds it says here, um. Another great track from Prince. I love, said I love everything off this record because you're getting all different variations of Prince in this album. You're not getting a ballad, and you're not just getting funk. You're getting punk. You're getting rock. You're getting lead solos, lead great guitar solos. You get some great keyboard work. I think you've got some great drumming for Jack. You off from 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 you know from the you know Bobby Z and you know these. I mean, we're talking about legendary performance here. I mean, this is this classic album, and it really sums a lot of things in, in the world at that time. So It really does, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, the lyric I was thinking of, um, it was, he actually says, Ronnie, if you're dead before I get to meet you, don't say I didn't warn you. And now always, in a way, if you, if you listen to it, it almost sounds like he's saying, and say I didn't warn your ass, and then like the gun starts. It's like kind of funny, but it's the way I might have just misheard it. But yeah, right. it, I think there's like a little bit of his humor coming through in this one. Uh, well, great, great track, classic Prince. You know, definitely. And then, you know, of course, a few years after controversy, there was a there was an assassination attempt on Reagan by Sirhan Sirhan, so it's sort of, uh, you know, tapping into that prophetic side of of Prince's social commentary in his music, but uh, thankfully President Reagan wasn't killed. He was just wounded and was able to heal in the hospital, but, um, you know, it's one of those things that I listen to it and I go, yeah, man, Prince, Prince could be uh, pretty prophetic. Sometimes with his lyrics, so uh, and then you know, again, go, the album, the album actually, you know, it's listed on the genre. It's on the pop, rock, dance, funk, urban, and new wave. You know, and okay. it's really all that and more. Yeah, it is. And then we get to the obligatory funk jam, the funk workout. Although the album version isn't so much of a workout as opposed to the 12 inch but we'll get into that let's work i mean nikki what do you have to say about this track three minutes and 54 seconds way too short. although i love the track it's great but when you hear the 12 inch version of let's work man is that fantastic and that version could have fit 
on this side of the album. And it's thin that it's not on there. But maybe Prince will, you know, when he releases the remaster, and take note that Prince now owns Controversy as of this year. So who knows when the remaster comes out, he may, have, he may take the actual 12-inch version and place it with the album version. We can only hope. I mean, when you hear the 12-inch version, it's like a whole new world, you know, for this track. And it's a song that Prince loves to play live. I mean, some nights he just goes right into it and does it for like three minutes. Some nights he does a fantastic bass introduction um, with Ida, and they do some Greg, and they stick in a little bit of 777-9311, or uh, a little bit of Cold Sweat, or, you know, Prince just does some great slapping work, and they get into it, or they go into... Uh, you know, I mean, it's just a, it's a great tune. I mean, it's just it's, I own my only complaint again. Three minutes and fifty four seconds for a song called "Let's Work" is way too short. The twelve version oh. should have been the album version, and it's a sin it wasn't. I I totally agree. Uh, this is one of those upper echelon funk tunes to me that's in league with song, you know, a song like "Head." You know, Head and Let's Work, to me, are two quintessential funk funk tracks in the Prince catalog. And out of all the flavors that Prince gives you, I'd have to say my personal favorite would be the when he when he lays the when he lays the funk side on you. That's my my personal favorite. That's I really get into it. Really connect with it. And I just love the vibe that the song has, and the 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 twelve inch version. I mean, forget about it. It's just craziness, wall to wall funk, you know. And it's got Prince's excellent sense of humor in there with the the market, you know. And Nikki and I were were talking about this this song a couple nights ago on the phone, and we were just cracking each other up, you know, imitating Prince on the 12-inch version where he's just screaming, work it, and then he screams, you know, it's just, <laughs> and it's, cool. it's just a great powerhouse punk jam, it's just amazing, I love it. One of my favorite well, it's films. like they said here, Let's Work is a highlight of the album based on a funky bass line, stripped down synth funk sound. There you go. I definitely have to talk about this one because, you know, it's my favorite. It's probably my favorite Prince song. Um, I The only thing I don't like about the 12-inch is the fact that there's the controversy sample, which it just doesn't need. It sort of distracts me from it. Other than that, um, I, I can live with the four-minute version because I can just listen to it over and over again. If you just hear it twice, it's like the same as hearing it, you know, hear, sort of hearing yeah. 12 minutes. Uh, it, it's so funky. It's so good. Here's something I didn't know, and this might be an error on Wikipedia's part. It says brown mark to the bass guitar on Let's Work. Because I didn't see that in my notes on the album. Right. It says oh, brown mark played the bass guitar on Let's Work. Correct. Wow, I mean, well done. I mean, that's insane because that's it's the really the the heart of it. But obviously, it's something Prince can do. He's he's done it, and it's 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 just so funky. It's there's so many layers to it. There's so many, much going on. 
it's sort of his first, in my opinion, James Brown tribute, and he's done a lot of them for the years, especially later on. And it, yet, it's the one that doesn't sound that much like a James Brown song, and it's most effective because it's just it's just funky, and it's signature prints. It's not a James Brown song. It's signature prints. It's that funk. It's that. It's that drive. It, it, you know, originally, of course, the song was called Let's Rock. I can't imagine what it would sound like as Let's Rock. I can't imagine what the lyrics were. It was supposed to be a one-off single. It could have been a great one-off single. But I'm happy that it's on this album as this really funky moment. Uh, just really quick, interesting note. I'm looking at it on Wikipedia, and it shows the, the cover. Uh, there's a seven-inch cover of Prince just sort of like looking the way he did in that era with guitar. But right. I think one of the most signature single uh, covers ever is that 12-inch with the band. And I think you even pointed out, Nikki, the, the spray paint of Let's Work. Right. That is the most very, signature. Very, very punk. Very punk. Awesome. It's like that could have been the album cover. I mean, it wasn't a band effort, but if that was the album cover, it would have been like the most iconic Prince album cover. It was so insane. Although we never really did anything with the full band, so it wouldn't have made sense. Well, like it was, you know, it was always was a Prince production, and you know, yeah. Prince said, like, I mean, like for example, like here, okay, Prince plays almost everything on every track: vocals, guitar, bass, keyboard, and drums. Okay, right. and then you have here, Brahm plays the bass guitar on "Let's Work." Okay, and then you have here, you know, Lisa Coleman plays a little thing here, and Dr. Fink does a little bit here, and Dead plays lead guitar a little bit here. You know, and, and, and pretty much, you know, I mean, it was a Prince production. You know, remember the first bunch of albums, you know, for it was really the revolution, although it was, the band was called the revolution, but it wasn't really until the Purple Rain album that the revolution name was a stamp on the album cover. Um, yeah. They were there, and they toured with Prince, and, you know, I mean, God, band was incredible. I mean, we go back now, and Chris and I talk about it all the time. I love everything that was, but when you talk about a band that really, when you go back to, you know, the Revolution band, they're, you know, I mean, even now, I, I say it all the time, if Prince reforms the Revolution, God, he could sell out stadiums across the United States of America multiple nights. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, the Revolution, the Revolution and, and controversy was, from what I understand, sort of the genesis of it, I mean, there was, there was a little bit, you know, um, a few of the Revolution personnel participated on Dirty Mind, but I think when the Revolution came together as a band, like you said, Nikki, technically they weren't credited fully until Purple Rain, but I think controversy was when the Revolution really gelled as a band albeit with, with Dez on guitar, you know, that was before Wendy had arrived. You know, Wendy arrived, you know, a couple of years later. But um, that was when the revolution, I think, really gelled as a band was the, the controversy era. So that that is another one of the reasons, you know, why this album is so classic and uh, revered by fans is it was it was really the true, you know, legit genesis of the revolution as they would come to be. 
thing. Um, with Danny Chris, why don't you get into this because it's got the John Lennon reference and you're a master of the Bills and why not you take it and, you know, explain the whole thing. Well, any, any Christian, again, is, is, you know, like Lenny talked to Russia in press report. It's a very political song. And I wouldn't say the message is any more serious than it was in Ronnie Tucker Rutcher, but the way the song is structured, it just seems like a lot more, you know, sobering, somber message than Ronnie Tucker Rutcher was. I mean, Ronnie Tucker Rutcher was urgent. You know, the message was urgent and powerful and really, really upfront, and it really hit you, but with with any Christian, it's a whole other vibe. I mean, there's this undertone of, you know, it's a very eerie, very tense, very unsettling song. And for for years, for years, I uh, when listening to this album, any Christian was always a song that I almost always skipped when I listened to this album, just because it's got this such an uneasy uneasy vibe to it and it's so stark and you know bleak and just it's hard to explain in words but it just had this creepy vibe to it where you know I had to be in a certain mood to listen to it and connect with it but it's a very powerful song and it, it is actually a real highlight on the album and I've, I've come to appreciate it a lot more in recent years, but for the longest time, uh, something just sat uneasy with me, you know, in terms of the vibe of this track. Um, and I'm finally now, you know, starting to appreciate it and connect with it. But it's a, it's a very powerful song with a very, very powerful message and, and sort of, you know, bleak and, and, and minimalist, and it kind of... It has it kinda, that, um, that Devo sound, actually. Back <laughs> in the day, you know, Devo was a big keyboard-sounding band, and it, it, when I hear the song, it, it, it has that, that vibe. I can hear Devo doing something kind of like it. Yeah, but, you know, even even Prince's vocals, you know, he delivers them, you know, it's very, it's very monotone, very staccato delivery, um, you know, and there's that echo and the reverb to the vocals, you know, the whole thing just really creeped me out. And I think I think that was sort of the vibe that Prince was going for, actually, when people would listen to this and sort of be struck by it and, you know, sit up and really pay attention to it. I think, I think that's the vibe he was going for. But like I said, for years, this, strong, this song just struck a weird chord for me you know, vibe-wise, and I, I tended to avoid it because it, it was just a little too uh, <laughs> creepy and scary sounding for me. It sounded like something out of a soundtrack to a John Carpenter film, uh, you know. But um, yeah, I really, I really like the track, Nikki. Nikki, do you want to add any more comments on the Devo comments? Uh, no, it's the fact it's the one track on the album that, again, that doesn't sound like anything else heard. It, it, it doesn't have any reminiscence to controversy, sexuality, 
Baby Private Joy, Ryan Talks to Twerk, or even the album Closer Jack You Off. It, it's it's its own entity, and the fact that it's on the album is it's you know it's, it's kind of funny, but a lot of the songs are from one another. Um, so it's really the most different track. It's very political, and you know it's got the mention of you know John Lennon and the situation with that, and you know it's a, a very dark tone song. It's something that Prince didn't play too often in concert. Um, he did it once in a while on the Controversy Tour, and pretty much after that it was, you know, one of the tracks that just, okay, well, that's the end of that. And um, Same with Private Joy. Joy was not a staple of the Controversy Tour. Um, it was played maybe every couple of shows, and, you know, and at the end of that tour it was, you know, it, it got put away. Um, but it's, you know, I, mean, I like Private Joy, I like Annie Christian, like the whole album, um, just my opinion, I think it's a cool track, it's four minutes, two seconds long, um, Vince, you want to take it from here? Oh yeah, uh, this is one of those tracks that's definitely grown on me, you know, it's kind of funny, it, one of the things that, one of the songs people seem to talk about a lot is Anastasia, as a Prince song. And I always got confused with Annie Christian, and you couldn't find two songs that are more opposite. Annie Christian is one of those songs that it, it, it's just haunting. It's got a really great, uh, you were saying, yeah. ego sound. It's got that great new wave uh, beat to it. it. It doesn't sound like anything Prince has done before, and it really doesn't sound like anything he's done after. It's so dark, yet it's so clever. Um, I, you know, I always, when I thought about this song, I thought, is this an actual person he's talking about? And then I realized it's a character. It's, uh, it's this composite of the anti-crisis woman. And it's, it's so clever to think of Annie Christian as, as this evil monster doing all these monstrous acts and as a woman. It's really yeah, yeah. smart. It's really clever. And, and there's, Again, a lot going on that time that could be deconstructed, and yeah. you know, you could write a paper just on that song and and what Prince was thinking. Yeah. And obviously, again, these ideas were slightly continued on 1999, but yeah. uh, this album this album can definitely stand on its own. And a song like Andy Christian it can stand on its own. Um, it's I, happy, I would really like Private Joy. Oh, go ahead. I would I would almost say that Annie Christian is related in some ways musically from the standpoint of musicality and vibe. I would say that I see a lot of a lot of connection with a song like Something in the Water Did Not Compute. But I still yeah. think something I I still think Something in the Water is you know, it's it's a dark song like any Christian is, but um, and and also for years when I heard something in the water, it gave me an uneasy vibe as well. So I really didn't listen to it as much as I did the other tracks on on 1999 for that reason. But any Christian just seems a lot more a lot darker and a lot more sinister where. Uh, it it doesn't seem any Christian seems almost clinical in a way to me. You know, it's very it's a very psychologically jarring song, and I don't want to get into that too much. But 
I definitely see a connection with something in the water does not compete. You know, they're two very new wavy, you know, devilish type tracks. But like I say, in recent years, I've I've revisited Annie Christian and and sort of you know gained a new appreciation for it and you know warmed up to it a little bit more. But it's it's definitely a a very interesting track and unlike anything else that the Prince had ever done, you know, before or even since. And it's it's a very important track on this album because I think it embraces and exemplifies the themes of this album, you know, which is controversy and social unrest and, you know, all that. So it goes with the the vibe of the album really well. And like I say, now in recent years, I've finally grown to appreciate it as a quality track. And I really think it's one of the highlights of the Controversy album. And uh, it's interesting that it's it's track number seven. You know, when you think of it from uh, the standpoint of numerology and the importance Prince has placed on numbers throughout the years, especially the number seven, it's it's kind of interesting to me to think about Annie Christian being track number seven on the album. Then we close out the album on a happy, goofy, rebellious, cheeky, fun note with Jack You Off, which I absolutely love. Um, I know a lot of people that I talk to write it off again as a, as a silly track and Prince just dealing with all the, the sex crazy guys and just part of them coming out. I know loved a lot of people the wrong way, but I just, I just look at it, you know, it's kind of fun, you know, it, it, kind of, it kind of started the, the rockabilly trend, which you see carry over into songs like Delirious and that, and uh, Horny Toad, you know, they all three have that rockabilly vibe, but it's like the type of rockabilly music that, that Elvis, or even even more so like Buddy Holly and artists in the 50s, you know, popularized. It's got that same type of type of vibe, you know. But I think... I think the Elvis shaking his leg to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think it works perfectly to um, close out the album, you know. It's, a, it's another very energetic... Powerful, powerful song, and it's got a, it's got a simple but but catchy melody, and it's you know it's it's tongue in cheek Prince about about sexuality, so it, it it typifies the cheeky, you know, sexual, funny, humorous, you know, horny Prince that we've all come to love in the years throughout his throughout his music and yeah yeah this to me is a great example of just a fun you know tongue-in-cheek Prince track and I think it's a it's a great way to close out the album close out the album on a on a strong note and 
just as it opens on a strong note, it closes on a strong note with with Jack You Off, and I, I love the track. It has Bobby Zeep the drums. It has uh, Brown, uh, Lisa Coleman playing backing vocals, keyboards, and Dr. Fink hits the keyboards on this one, too. And this is where you get the uh, members of the revolution more than anywhere else on the album yeah. uh, coming together with Prince. What do you what do you think of it as a song? I mean, do you do you love it, Nikki? It's, I mean, uh, I don't... it's one of those tra- you know. It's again, you know, when you go through the whole album, okay, you know, again, when you got controversy, sexuality, do me, baby, and so on, you know, it's its own tone, you know. Controversy, it's its own tone. Sexuality, do me, baby, is a bit. private joy is a pop tune. Right, talk to Russia is a like a punk tune. Let's this funk. Annie Christian is uh, like a new wave-ish type of thing. Jack You Off is a, a rock, rockabilly type of swing thing to get the crowd up and jump and run and have a little bit of fun. And, you know, and that was much, I think, what the, what the idea was because, you know, most of the album's lyrics are, are a very serious tone, you know, very political. And here you have this tune that's just, hey, you know what? We, we, we've done enough politics. Let's call the out. Let's just have a little bit of fun and close the album out. And that's kind of what I got out of the record, you know, out of this one track. And again, again, thinking about it, you know, having the, the audacity and the moxie and the courage to release, in 1981, to release a song on an album called Jack You Off, you know, it's, Something only only Prince could do at that point. So and get I, away with I, it. Yeah, I just I just shake my head and totally totally applaud Prince. And this is one of the one of the tracks and one of the situations that that just you know leaves me totally in awe and and totally amazed. And you know, it's a great album. I mean, Jack you off great too. And he used to, did it a lot during the, he used to close a lot of the show, the controversy tour with it. Um, on an occasion, he played it on the 1990 tour, and then and it wasn't again until the Love Sexy tour that he took it out of the closet and, you know, stuck in a little couple of riffs of it, and the crowds when he did it, you know, cause most people who were into Prince during that time knew the song from the album, and you know it's a it's a great song. It's got some great guitar work in it. You know, it's uh, got a little bit of Brian Setzer vibe in it with the guitar. You know, it's uh, like yeah, a little yeah. bit of that uh, that hillbilly sound, and it, it, it's great. It's a great song. It closes the album out nice, especially at the end. Like Prince just starts belting out these screams, and Bob comes in with these great drums and. You know, and then Prince puts a little bit of the echo and the delay on his voice, and then it just takes the album out. And by the time it's done, you finish listening to it, you go, "Wow, what a masterpiece!" And and that's pretty much what you have here. You have a Prince masterpiece from A to Z. Yeah, and if you think about it, like I said at the top of the show, it's a it's a short album. It's only eight tracks, but there's there's so much. In those eight tracks, it's almost incredible, incredible to comprehend the range and variety in this album. Of what's on the album, right? And you know, it's 37 minutes and 15 seconds long. You know, and it's 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 an album that really you listen to it. You know, it, it's got a lot going on. I mean, you know, yet it's it's spacious enough. 
where, you know, things aren't too cluttered when you listen to it, but each track is so different from one another that you're getting a little hint of everything of what this is really made up of, you know. And then by the time he gets to the 1999 album, now you're already aware of Prince's Rock Edge. You're aware of Prince's Funk Edge. You're aware, you know, you're aware of Prince's Ballad Edge. You know? A little hint of R&B, a little hint of New Wave, a little bit, bit of hint of this and that. And you, and you, you can hear the influence of James Brown. You can hear the influence of Iggy Pop and the Stooges. You hear the influence of Elvis Presley. You hear the influence of rockabilly and a little hint of blues. You hear the influence of New Wave. You know, and you hear the pop of Private Joy. You know, the the the, the ballad of sexual. Well, I'm sorry, the ballad of Doomy Bain, the funk of controversy. I mean, it's this is why I say this classic Prince album because it really gives you the melting pot of what Prince is made up of. Before we get too off track, before we get too off track, though, I wanted to get Vince's thoughts on on the closing track, Jack You Off. Vince, do you like this yeah, track? Uh, great, great way to close the album. Um, it was one of those things that I think I used to skip to, but then you get into it. It's got a great sound to it. And, um, it really does work from a stand, thinking about it as sort of a pre-revolution jam where a lot of members were on there, and you can hear them in there, especially, you know, when you really listen to it, and you really listen to all their voices and all the things going on musically, uh, the keyboards. It really does feel like kind of a jam, and it's kind of a cool way to close out the album where it was a lot of the one-man show. You have that... Um, hearing the band, or, or several members of the band at least, working on that track and closing it out. So really kind of a good way to close the album. So here in Wikipedia it says, you know, the album finishes with the rockabilly ode to mutual masturbation. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. You know, and that, that's what it says. It says, this record was considered to be his most political to date, and the album also an important stepping stone from his early works to the more mature songwriting style of the mid-1980s. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, also, too, like I said, you know, it's listed, it says genre here. It's listed on the rock, dance, funk, urban, new wave, you know. And again, what we're talking about, you know, is all these things and all these flavors that Prince is, you know. And, and, and it's really like, you know, when people say to oh, you know, I just became a Prince fan, you know, I say, oh, man, where do we begin, you know? You don't make them listen to For You and Prince, and because and, that's only one touch of what Prince is about. So I tell people, I say, go listen to Controversy, because Controversy really is a melting pot of everything that Prince is, you know, and, and I think it's a great album. And again, like I said, a great closing track, keeping it a little light as per what was going on in the previous tracks. Um, with the political vibes. Again, I wanted to just make note here. Album Controversy was released October 14, 1981. It was recorded up Sunset Sound, Hollywood. Um, Warner Brothers released it. Prince was the producer. Um, again, you know, it wasn't a full-blown-out revolution. You know, we mentioned here Prince did most of the work. Bobby Z played drums and Jackie Wall on Mark bass guitar on Let's Work. The Brown Mark on that. Lisa Coleman, vocals, keyboards on Jack You Off. Dr. Fink, 
keyboards on Jackie Off and Desdick and lead guitar. Doesn't specify where. With the B side, I've got to stop messing about. For let, um, you know, if you, this is a legendary record. I mean, also too, as here, uh, Rolling Stone gave this album four out of five stars. Um, Spin gave it an eight out of ten. You know, it, it was a great album. I mean, really one of my favorites as a kid, you know. Uh, really, I mean, out of the first six albums that Prince put out, I love 1999 and Purple Rain, and I love all the six albums, but Controversy had a very strong place in heart. It was because it, it, it really had all different textures of Prince, what he was. And, and I think it's, a, it's just a, a positive piece of Prince's history. And in time to come, more and more people are going to discover it and, and going to hear the genius of what this record truly, truly is about. Yeah, it's the first album that really defined him. It's kind of weird that his second album was titled Prince, even though there was so little of what he was about. Although he started... He started really coming out of his shell with, you know, For You is basically maybe something he just tried to make, to say he could make it, even though it's a great album. But it doesn't show yeah. a lot of dimension to him. He starts breaking a little bit more on Prince, but the album that, the, uh, of the four albums, the one that de- defines him most is Controversy. And not just because it was the latest, it's because it truly shows everything you could do, especially lyrically. I think that's the thing that's most interesting about controversy. Um, not just music, and music's excellent, and there's so many different styles on it. Uh, rockabilly as a closer, uh, funk throughout, and you know different elements of funk, and punk, and rock, and pop, but the lyrics are so deep, and citing Joni as is an influence on it shows you that um, he is not just about James Brown. He's not just about the music. He's about lyrics. He's about really writing insightful songs with meaning behind them, making you think about what he's writing, not just writing love songs to women or songs to dance to, like on the first two albums. And yes, Dirty Mind, he gets a little more into stranger topics with sister and head and, and things that are more erotic and, and even a little more thought provoking with uptown. But when you get to controversy, he's really talking about something. You really have to think about it. So yeah, and that was the first sign of that and it continued obviously throughout his work. Yeah, yeah. Leading up to where today with with a lot of his songs relation to love and the spirit of God and the power of heaven and the command of the Bible and you know and and and, and Prince's works the years you know it, it it's like taking a road trip across the world you know? yeah you know you get a little bit of everything from Prince you know he first started off you know with the '70s sound of for you and Prince and getting into the punk sounds of Dirty Mind and controversy and then get into the little more poppier edge. 1999 until he got to the rock funk edge of pop of Purple Rain and you know and you go here's you know a lot of his music you're going on a constant journey with him and that's why I think I was so upset when Prince said in his interview recently I know a lot of things get construed by what the the press actually printed 
actually was said when Prince said, you know, well, I'm not going to release any albums now because of the way the, you know, one of the things about Prince is that the journey that he takes you on was all about where he is right now. And I, and I love that aspect of him, you know, you go through all the years, you know, Prince really didn't take a lot of time off every, almost every year with the exception of a few, there was always a new Prince album. Followed by a new Prince tour, followed by songs melted in with hits and new stuff, and you know. So when Prince, I see Prince doing "Welcome to America," it's a lot of fun, and he's playing a lot of songs from Controversy, like "Let's Work" and "Controversy," and maybe a little hint of "Baby" here or there. I mean, it's a great album. It's powerful, you know, and it shows you as much as Prince changed through the years that he actually can go back to Controversy and pull enough material and play in one particular show. So. When you when you got this kind of artist who the ability to do music like this, you know, and then he says, you know, I'm not going to. It, it, it's hurtful to the to the hardcore fans because Prince is always about new. So when you when you're not going to get a new thing from Prince, although we have been recently with some of these new songs that he's been throwing in, in the shows and things you haven't heard from him before, but it's always about okay, this is where I am right now. You know, get this. You know. And, oh, you heard that? Okay, well, I'm ready for this. You know, get this. You know, and it, 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 it's always a constant journey with Prince, and that's what I've loved about him. And it's been so easy to stick by him through all these years of record label disputes and, you know, Internet wars and, you know, no more candy for you with some of these great fans that are out there. And, it, it, you know, it's always a great journey to be a Prince. And, you know, and of course, I got to meet... Chris Johnson through the love of Prince and you know, we have a lot of the same ideas about what we like and then yet there's a lot of differences, you know, what's make the show so cool because you could take one song and say, Well, this is how I feel about it and Vince you could say, you know, this is my opinion, it could be completely different, yet we're gonna have the same respect for each other. It's it's uh it's it's you know, Prince is a is a testament to what good music is supposed to be about. Prince is the man. I mean, you know, when you when you talk about Prince, you're talking about quality. You talk about Prince, you're talking about perfectionism. You're talking about bands that come together, and he and he kind of gets in there and he ignites. You know, I mean, you know, you have a lot of these artists out there that come out and do their thing, but by the time Prince hits the stage, you know, it's a whole another thing. You know, and yeah. it's what I've always loved about him, and and. and I, you know, and I've loved hipping people to print, saying, you know, come and check this out. You know, and people go, wow, that's amazing, you know, because his band's at the and, and Prince is on the money, and he lives and breathes music. So, you know, when you go through controversy and you hear all the different textures of what he's really about, it's, it's very inspiring to me as a guitar player, and it's inspiring to me listening to his lyrics and the way he sings and what his message is and what it's about. And, and it's what kind of what brings us all together for the most part, even when we're on the same page. And it, it's kind of a very powerful thing. It comes from heaven and God. And when it can come into your hearts, you know, that's all God. I mean, Prince's music is all God. It's all flavor. It's all texture. It's like it's like eating strawberry ice cream or chocolate ice cream or vanilla ice cream. It's it's a power. When you when your palate tastes that ice cream and you sit there and you go, Mmm, it's the same thing with a song. When you hear a song that makes you sing 
or you get a chill or it can make you tear up or make you smile. You know, Prince can do these things to everyone, you know, on any album. And Controversy is one of the classic, classic masterpieces by this amazing, amazing artist. And the truth of the matter is, there'll never be another Prince. There'll never be another prince and that's why it's so important to enjoy him while he's here and while we're young enough to do it and to and to go back and to listen to these old albums and listen to the newest stuff and continue going on the journey with him because he offers so much he's just you know not just one artist he's he's one artist with a lot of different artists in his brain and the the magic yeah. and the passion of Prince is, is what we all come together and why we all do this. So. All right, yeah. So on that note, controversy. I think I think we've said many many things, and many many things could still be said about this album. But bottom line, it's a masterpiece. It's a classic. It's an essential album to own if you're whether you're brand new to Prince or been a fan since the very beginning it's absolutely essential to own this album in my opinion I would say it's one of the most important albums in in Prince history I really believe that and it's just you know, I can't say enough about it. It's just a phenomenal album. It's a masterpiece. And, you know, going through this track by track, I don't think I've ever seen an album by any artist that was so so compact and so concise in 37 minutes, eight tracks, that covered so many different areas and genres and textures and tones like Mickey was saying. I mean, it's just amazing to think about, you know, this album is so small, but yet contains so much in it. And that, I think, could be uh, the perfect description of Prince himself. You know, he's a, he's a small guy, but big things come in small packages. And I'll just end it on that note. And I'd like to thank my fellow Purple Knights, Nikki and Vince, for joining me on this episode. And stick with us. In the coming weeks, we're going to have topics about Prince and related artists, and we might even have a special surprise guest or two. So stay tuned, stay with us on the journey, and see you for Prince. And the genius and the magic and the power that he's all about. So until next time, peace everybody and stay lucky. God bless.